Can I tell you, by the way, this, the kids went on like a terror where they were just like Googling all of their teachers to see if they could find like social media pics of them. Thank God there was only like three of me and they were all like fine. Yeah. But they would like carry it around like it was some sort of badge of honor. Like we figured you out. And I mean, that's just, yeah, kids do that. We live I think now. that that's and, like, what they do to kids One too. student yeah. like addressed me as Chris and I was just like, what? And they seemed like disappointed that I wasn't more like, oh, you know my true name. My power has faded. Like, <laughs> you like named like a fail. Like, I was thinking like, like the, the horde king at the end of um, the book of three where no! he's, he's defeated and he gets his real name. And then I burst into flames. <laughs> Kathleen Turner is private detective V.I. Warshawski. She's turning up the heat, turning on the charm. Get to the point, bonehead. I love when you talk dirty. And turning the town upside down. I am a happy detective. I was a lousy housewife. You let a broad do this to you? Kathleen Turner <laughs> is V.I. Warshawski. What's that V stand for? Virtuous. And the I? Inquisitive. Rated R. And welcome back to Why Did We Watch This, the podcast where three friends sit down with a troubled movie and a themed cocktail, figure out, and then discuss, uh, you know, what went well, what didn't, and how they would fix it. I am Chris warsowski Ravel. I am Brendan warsowski Drischler. I am Lee Warchatsi Delahanty. Do you like my Kathleen Turner voice? I love it. It's actually quite good. I, I thought I would just speak like this for the entire. You need a little bit more, a little, little bit purr. Smoke twenty yes. more cigarettes. Yeah, exactly. And then I, I do. And then guzzle like a few more handles of whiskey, and just you'll be right there. Crack the window open. I'm going to get my cigarettes out. <laughs> well, if you couldn't guess from that whole production, we watched 1992's oh, V.I. Warshawski. Should I be Warsh- fact checking you right now? Give me one moment. Thanks, thanks, Kath. You're, you're welcome. I, I remember all of my pictures very intimately. Kath, <laughs> Kath Turner. Yes, yes, to my friends. <laughs> Yeah, Wachowski. It's from 1991. Oh, 91. It's directed by Jeff Kenu, lovely man. <laughs> Starring myself, J.O. Sanders, Charles Durning, uh, a, a bunch of other Kathleen, people. you were kind of it in yes. terms of name draw for that movie, well, I feel. Well, you know, sometimes it's nice having the whole of a motion picture rest on your padded shoulders. And you did a great job. Oh. I just want to give you, just before we get into the movie itself, I think you did wonderfully. Thank I, I've, I've got to go. All right, bye. Oh, that was weird. I was taking a pee. What happened? I nothing. Nothing okay. really of note. Did you miss anyone? No. Okay, cool. Definitely not. Oh, it's... I know we've had an open door policy ever since the quarantine started, so celebrities have just been wandering off the street into it's, our apartment. It's true. Yeah. Celebrities are commonly drawn to the beacon that is Jamaica Plain Boston. That's right. You know? <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so that's that's the movie. I mean, in terms of cast, it's mostly just just Kathleen Turner. And uh, how would we categorize this? It's sort of a like a mystery thriller, yeah. but with elements of comedy in it. I mean, yeah, it's it's, it's a it's a mystery with some yucks. It was on Comedy Central, okay. Oh, really? Was it yeah. one of those many movies? Yeah, that like, saw, yeah, yeah it's on like that child. one and like yeah. That, that experience has been coming up more and more for us lately, and I enjoy it because I feel like it's it's us kind of re exploring some avenues we haven't like, thought of in a while. Us working our way through like the movies that damaged Lee's psyche as a child. <laughs> hey, if we're getting into Comedy Central, it's all of our psyches. I know. It, it was, I was inundated with V.I. Rochelski and Better Rock Dead. Well, and also, like... The Money Pit. I, mean, I can't believe this would be on Comedy Central. It was. I mean, it's, I think it's just really indicative of how little things they had to show at that time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Fuck it, They had a very weird... I know this is a digression, but they had a very weird... Um, Sandra Bullock movie called Love Potion Number no. Nine. Which uh, yeah, Love Potion Number Nine. That movie is very strange yeah. to watch as like a ten-year-old, but I sure did. Yeah, and was just like, uh. anywho. Remember Weird Science? Guys? Uh, yes, I love Weird Science. It is like the gayest straight movie that's ever been made. Uh, yeah. Oh well, I was gonna say kind of up there in terms of like I saw it too young, but it was very gay. Was um, wasn't it the second um Freddy Krueger movie? Oh yeah, that's super gay. Oh yeah, my no, god, too. so gay. I know, I love it. And it's actually kind of brilliant how gay it is. Yeah, I mean it's a dumb movie. Oh, it's, it's very like, stupid. Like, it, it 
does not at all follow any but of the like previous movie. We've talked. Um, this is the second yeah. time on this podcast we've talked about. But there's okay, something the second Freddy Krueger. Oh, well, oh. super gay. And I have to, but I have to tell you though, like it's also respectable for like you guys decided to make a very gay movie in the '80s, and you went for it anyway. The director was gay, I think. He was. And no, the, lead. The, the the lead was. I mean, I don't believe he knew that yet. No, he wasn't. He didn't. He was not aware of that fact yet. But I mean, how could you be in Nightmare on Elm Street two and not turn out gay? I know. Let's be honest. Where you're basically meant to lust after your bully. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, That's the moral of the movie. Uh, and then bullies. The, the concept that launched a thousand gay porns. The point is, uh, we watched Wachowski. Yeah. What I can basically say is sort of like a, a, a gumshoe adaptation of a series of novels, right? Mm-hmm. About a female detective. By Sarah Polatsky, I believe is her name. Of the same yeah. name, um, V.R. Wachowski. Well, um, the, the novels are, it's, it's like the V.R. Wachowski series, but the novels are just all called like Bloodlock right. or whatever. Like, I think it's not called like V.R. Wachowski and the case of the I be, uh, well, uh, of whatever, Chicago but garbage crap. I, <laughs> I think, I think that um, the title of the book that this plot is mainly drawn from is called Deadlock. I think. I think that's right. But uh, before we get into, like, the plot intricacies of this movie, what did we drink? Oh, it's me. I'm, I'm Kathleen Turner. I come back. Oh, my God. Hi. Hi. Wait, I, it's so weird you came back just when Brendan had to leave to go take care of a parrot? Go take care of the parrot. The drink we made was the second wave feminist. Named after myself in this picture, of course. It was... <laughs> Three quarters of an ounce of whiskey, three quarters of an ounce of green chartreuse, three quarters of an ounce of maraschino, three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice, and we also had some bitters. I believe I saw you add in there. Uh, yeah. Um, what kind of bitters were there, Christopher? Well, I mean, shout out to friend of the group, Ken, who had given me uh, a pair of like very nice bitters, and the ones we used, I believe, were the exorcism bitters that have a kind of a minerally smoky medicinal taste to them. Yes, they were. With some peat. Much much like my voice, very smoky indeed. Indeed. And and a little bit of lemon for garnish. We just mixed everything together uh, in a shaker with some ice, poured it into a very masculine glass, garnished with some lemon, and added a little bit more of uh, the bitters on top. We also washed the glass with some bitters, if I recall correctly. Yeah, the... I I was watching you through the window. Yeah. (laughs) You could have just knocked on nope. the door. We would have invited you style. in. You don't You're slowly... Kathleen, I have to tell you, you're slowly morphing into the smooth criminal. I have vampire rules. I can't go into my house and Everyone knows this about Kathleen. Well, we, we officially invite you in, but... Um, Fool. For me, the, the drink was fantastic. You got such a balance of different flavors happening, and much like yourself, yes. Miss Turner, uh-huh. um, we felt Classic. it was a little smoky, a little sweet, a little sour, a little bitter it was great yes the, the, those, those are all adjectives my agent has used to describe me in many roles thank you what did you think Lee? it was good <laughs> <laughs> Lee loves a good bit that's what I love about Lee Lee's commitment oh, yeah, Brendan, you're back yeah sorry the parrot died we should all be so lucky Kathleen was here again she was? yeah do you invite her in? No, yeah oh no <laughs> she's never leaving no. we're in the quarantine now with Kathleen <laughs> Turner oh. um, do we have someone to tell us about the plot of this movie? Yes, I'm going to tell it to you right now. I'm not editing it in after the fact. Here I go. Ready? Listen to it. All right, so just in case we need to cover this, we've got Kathleen Turner as V.I. Wachowski. J.O. Sanders is Murray, her reporter friend slash love interest, kind of, not really. Charles Durning is Lieutenant Mallory, the police officer who she has, uh, you know, her father, who's her father figure. Angela Gothels is Katz, Bernard's daughter. That's pretty much about it, I think, at this point. Everyone else, I think, would mostly just refer to by their character names or the fact that uh, the guy who plays Trumbull looks a lot like Sting in Dune. Also, Wayne Knight's there. (laughs) 
right, so we know she is a detective. Both her parents have died. She has sort of a uh, relationship with... Is he the Martin? chief of police? Or? Oh, yes. Um, okay. Lieutenant Mallory. Okay, with a, with, a, with a lieutenant with... She was in a relationship at one point with a, um, a newspaper reporter. She's got, like, little connections all throughout the Chicago underbelly. One night she hits on Boom Boom Greyfalk, <laughs> who is a hockey player, who is also one-third of the owners of Greyfalk. Was it like fishing or shipping? Shipping. Or something? Shipping. Okay, really shipping. Yeah. Greyfalk shipping. Later that night, he dro- he stops by her apartment, drops off daughter to, you know, sort of be babysat by V.I. Warshawski. He had a meeting with his brother Horton that night. While he is at that meeting, Horton is not there. He goes off to see where Horton is near a tugboat. The tugboat explodes killing Boom Boom instantly. Meanwhile, Warshawski and his daughter are not getting along super well. The daughter's a little impetuous and, you know, a little hard-boiled, unlike the egg that she's been toting around, and uh, realizes that she has to go find her dad because it's 12 o'clock and her father isn't back yet. So she calls a cab and VR. Warshawski reluctantly goes along with her down to the dock where they find out that her father is killed. They briefly see her mother and her mother's new husband, who is Boom Boom's brother, get off into a limo. So they take her to the doctor. Friends. And goddaughter insists that um, her father was murdered. Right. So she pays Warshawski to find out who tried to kill her father. Warshawski leaves her with a doctor friend and goes to the mother and her new husband's house. The entire time the mom is just like, like where's my daughter? Like, please, fa- daughter. tell me where my daughter is. She, I think she goes to see Not Sting then. She goes to see like, Not Sting working on his yeah. elaborate metal sculptures. I don't believe that she learns anything of real significance from yeah. that scene. Uh, she does get kidnapped then and taken to Wayne Knight, who's like, get off the case. Stop trying to follow this. Blah, blah, blah. We'll rough you up. She goes back to her apartment. She gets dropped off there. Everyone's there waiting for her. Charles Durning, her doctor friend, her reporter friend, you know, all trying to sort of take care of her. She decides that she has to go looking for, you know, whoever's responsible for this. She takes the daughter with her, Cat. Uh, they track a series of clues. They find out that Cat is the one who has the ownership of the barge. I guess it is. Is that what it is? Like, is it the barge that she owns or is it like the land? It's something like they own the shares, but she owns the, she's like the key. Okay. She owns like the land or something. Okay. All right. So she owns the land. They find that out. They also find out that her mother and her new husband are way in debt and crazy broke. Warshawski calls Murray, tells him not to tell him, not to print anything about this case. Please don't print anything about the case, which was reverse psychology. Murray prints everything. I don't know why she really wanted him to do that necessarily. I guess to maybe make them nervous or something. They try to kidnap Kat. Prompts a boat chase down the river. It ends hilariously with Yara Warshawski spraying them with a hose. Mm -hmm. Uh, She then realizes that it's getting too dangerous for Kat, so she dumps him off on Murray the reporter, goes to confront Wayne Knight. So I'm not really clear what she gets from him the second time. What's the rule out of Horton? Well, I I think it's yeah I think it's the scene between the two of them where she's spying on the two of them yeah. in uh, Sting's metal factory, and mm-hmm. she sees that uh, Horton's like reluctant and Sting's the one who's being like oh, oh, blah, 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 blah. yeah we gotta sell this yeah. to the Japanese blah 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 and that's how she finds out that something's up with him she tracks him after the fact and finds out that he's meeting with these Japanese investors who want to revitalize the waterfront area by putting in a new complex with a bunch of buildings mm-hmm. that guy reveals to her that they can't do that because Greyfalk Shipping does not actually own the land that they are based on. They just own the company. Uh-huh. And that's when she deduces that the land is actually owned by Cat. And Cat's the one who's secretly like worth all this money, so they have to protect Cat. Cat mm-hmm. has, I guess, left Murray's for some reason. I'm a little unclear about that. Went back to her mother's house to try and reason with her, maybe. But meanwhile, Viera Warshawski's apartment gets firebombed. She goes to Cat's mother's house. Cat's mother says that Cat was there, but she left. And now her husband is out looking for Cat and Warshawski. 
Tchaikovsky's like, no, you fool, your husband is trying to kill Kat. And her mom's like, oh no, that's terrible, and collapses on the stairs dramatically. Well, we go back to the docks where we see Not Sting putting Kat on a boat trying to make it look like an accident that she drowned and died. As they are having a little standoff there, he shoots Murray and he is about to drop his daughter into the water, and all of a sudden, Kat's mom shows up, shoots, not sting, and then she, spur of the moment, is like, no, I, I will get the money if she dies still. she just, Well, the first thing she says is, my daughter never loved me or something, which is like, yeah. I don't know. Like, save, save it for family court. Well, we also don't see any proof of that really until the very end. Well, I mean, no. She always, we know that, like, they have a bad relationship. It's just weird that her first instinct is to be like, she didn't love me. Guess I better kill her. Like, I feel like there are other issues at play here that you could have focused on rather than the fact that your daughter doesn't seem to care for you that much. Yeah. So she drops the boat into the water. Vier Wachowski dies after it. She manages to get Kat out of the wreckage and pulls her up, uh, leaves her off on, like, the side of the dock and escapes. Kat's mom, like, goes down there to try and finish her off. Wachowski sneaks up, shoots Kat's mom, kills her. Police show up. They sort everything out. That's it. Yeah. And that's the movie. That was very succinct and not at all something we had to hash out. Yeah. Not at all something that we had to come up with because Wikipedia has almost no information about the plot of this movie. Got it. Wikipedia, I believe this is the first time they've really come up short on this. I feel like there's been some other times back before we just decided to lean wholeheartedly into stealing plot synopses from Wikipedia. Stealing. It's Wikipedia. There is no such thing. With that being said, I feel like we've kind of properly established, you know, the background shit for us. Uh, let's talk about, like, just the the mystery plot at play here. And basically, like, how does it unfold? Is it satisfying? Does it feel like a cool mystery? What are you thinking? This is a very conventional mystery. This is not something that seeks to deconstruct or, I think, look at a standard standard mystery tropes in a new way. I realize this, that, of course, we're talking about a book series that started in the 80s, so it's very hard to look back and be like, oh, was this progressive for its time? I don't think it probably was. I feel like it was probably just progressive in the sense that there was a woman detective who right. played this hard-boiled, hard-living female detective. She loves high heels, but she also can get down with the boys and eat a sandwich. I right? actually think that she was um, a better feminist character in the books than she was in the movie. She could be. I've read. Well, I've read a lot. Okay. You haven't read the books, though, right? I've read the books, but I, was, I read uh, the full Wikipedia page <laughs> with the book series. Very good. Not details, obviously, but it says, it says stuff about her, like, preferring t-shirts and jeans and, like, uh, liking, like, greasy foods, like, having a ravenous appetite. Like, so it, doesn't, it seems like a more... Human. Like, what we were talking about as, like, a second of feminist versus, like, what we get in the movie, which I think is, mm-hmm. is sort of a blend because she does, like, her dresses and heels. But is still, like, a tough broad. Right? Yeah, I mean, I feel it's, it's also, like, you don't want to, it, it's a tricky thing to critique, right? Because yeah. you don't want to be like, oh, she can't be, like, a feminist character if she also likes high-heeled shoes. It, it's, it's No, just, I mean, I, I think it, what, I, I do think that the one in the books is potentially more nuanced than what we get in the movie. Mm-hmm. I also think when we're coming into this, I don't think our intention is to define femininity in any kind of, like, one single demonstrative way. But I think what we are attempting to do is to parse the language the movie is using that it had a Available to it in its time. So I, that's, in my mind, why we cling to things like heels and dresses and the persona we get in the movie, because we're expecting a statement about femininity, especially in this is the early 90s, to be pretty elemental in how that's appearing in the movie. Right. I mean, well, we had talked about like the idea of second wave feminism, which second wave feminism, does anyone want to try to define? 
do not hold me to this as any kind of official definition, but my understanding is one of the bedrocks is you're kind of, you're doing it like the boys. You're, yeah. That was my thought too. Is that it's, it's like, as good as men. Right, you can do anything a man can do. Right. Like basically. And like, and I mean that in the strictest sense. Like if you want to be this slob who eats sandwiches all day and wears sweatpants, then you can do that woman. And I do want to point out, there is, there is something to that of like, yeah, that is, I feel like important representation wise. I mean, that's the entire idea behind like female anti-hero that we see in media now uh, is like, yeah, women can be these like kind of troubled, slobby characters as well. But as it exists in this movie, it's... It's very much of its time. Yes. I feel, I mean, this this probably this probably all tracked very well in 1991 mm. as like a sort of very contemporary take on what a lady detective would have been like. I just had a thought. Do you think that they leaned more into the comedy on this to try to like make it less of a statement? No. I, I, I More don't of a character. I don't think it was ever probably that much of a statement in the books mm. either. I think it was probably just like a fact. I don't think she was necessarily going into this with an agenda. Okay. Again, um, speaking of someone who's never read the book. I think that the, the movie just put on humor to make it more... Accessible. Uh, accessible okay. Appealing yeah. okay. to a wider audience. That makes um, sense. Yeah. No, I think that... The, uh, yeah. I think in the movie, the changes that they made, I feel like it might have been a change that the fact that she like does wear heels and have these, like, shoes. I don't know that she has these shoes in the book, so they're, like, special shoes. Yeah. But, um, and, and the whole, like, bit... I, I mean, obviously, they added the daughter, and that feels to me like the most glaring mm-hmm. thing that they added that uh, gets into that gets into thorny gender politics because yeah. there's that scene where she's like, oh, I could have been a good mother. Right, right. And I don't think that they ever come close to that in the books. Like, yeah. The, she's the like, daughter might be my least... Folk. Like, the, the weird relationship that they have between her and the daughter might be my least favorite part of this movie. And to be fair, I think there are elements of that relationship that work well because they have good chemistry, Kathleen mm-hmm. yeah. Turner. Like, I like the scene where they're having the Sunday together and reading over what they just found out Me too. from their previous scam that they had pulled. But it does feel a little bit like... We want to add this young lady in here so that we can see that she is a maternal figure and she right. does wrestle with the concept of possibly being a mother at some point. And I feel like if this were a male, like, and it's not that like there has never been a detective story where there is a male detective who has to take care of a kid for a period of time. Like that's not uncommon. I'm pretty sure that comes up even in like Dick Tracy. I was gonna say Dick Tracy like, is the one thing I was thinking of, but it's like you don't really have this whole thing when it's a man of him being like, oh, would I be a good father to this boy? It's just mm-hmm. like I'm gonna take care of this little shit right. for a while, and whatever happens, happens. So like I feel like if it were just sort of a very kind of straightforward of her watching out for this kid without having this drunken or, or drugged up moment where she's like, like, oh, do you think I'd be a good mother someday? It's, it's the... It's, it would have read better. It's the making that subtext text that bugs me, yeah. I think. Because I love her dynamic with the girl. I actually think that's one of the good things about the movie. But I think the way that the movie itself receives that is the weird part for me. Because it's not just okay, here's two quote-unquote difficult women kind of connecting. Because I believe they they mostly successfully sell that this girl is essentially a Kathleen Turner in the making. Yeah. She's already a foul-mouthed little teen. There's comments from, like, side characters that support that, uh, especially the doctor. Well, she's a wharf rat, Chris. Right. She's a wharf rat. We all know what that is. That's right. It's like Aladdin. Um, But I felt like that could have actually been a lot cooler had they not commented on it in that way. I feel like you could have just had the conclusion of they come to have this very beneficial and beautiful relationship together as 
you could say it is motherly and daughterly, but I think to have her openly wondering, would I be a good mother? It's almost like a weird pound of flesh the movie wants to extract from Kathleen Turner of like, sure, we'll let you be this tough broad, but you have to signal to the audience something traditionally feminine about yourself beyond the dresses and heels. I gotta say, I think V.I. Warshawski would appreciate someone taking a pound of flesh if you saw that scene of her standing on the scale. Oh, <laughs> no, but do you know what I mean? Like, they're like, you need to signal that you want to settle down potentially, eventually. There's some world in which that's what you want. I mean, it's most used for me that I think if this were if this were the same, almost the same exact story with a male detective, I don't think that any writer would have thought to shove a child into this story and exactly. be like, now let's get their relationship. And it is also fucked up because I feel like children is the way that they tend to feminize female characters that they yeah. want to soften for an audience, which I'm not a fan of. It's not that the character of Cat, this child, is inherently entirely bad it's just that i don't like what she ends up representing in terms of the screenplay itself yeah yeah i don't like i'm suspicious of the of the choices being made here of to, the decision to, to put end. her in yeah, yeah i'm skeptic too. i'm very skeptic that it was like it came out of a, a non-sexist no no i agree yeah, no. like I, it's certain, I, I don't think it was done to be like wouldn't it be fun if she had a baby version yeah. of herself to bounce off it was just like wouldn't it be fun if she realized that being a mother is an okay thing to be i also completely get the impression that it, it was a choice made of sexism but i'm looking up was getting, this written by a man the screenplay i don't know it yet. must have been but uh real quick but go ahead say what you're saying we are we so we well we kind of dipped into the gender politics i suppose a little like, early, but we, that's Brandon fine. had initially started the discussion by saying that the mystery is very... Uh, oh, yeah. By the, it's very by the book. And it, a lot of the time in the movie is just sort of like unnecessarily elongating, getting these very simple building blocks of clues that... Right. Very, like, it's a very straight by the book example of like, oh, somebody had to kill this guy because he had some part of the business that they wanted. Right. It's like, who are the suspects? It's this guy it's and this guy. I would, yeah. And like, what do they want? One of the daughter. Right. Because, yeah. I wouldn't even say at the end of the day it's really even that much of a mystery. I mean, it's not engrossing in any way, shape, or form. But there's also no layers to it. It's no. not as if we see them dig or break through. There's there, The truth is out there somewhere, but it's hard to find. They find it pretty directly. No, the it, movie just decides to put off the revelations for a long time because there needs to be a movie. And at the end of the day, I feel like, as a detective, Yair Warshawski should have instantly been suspicious of the two brothers, the guy's two yeah. brothers, and should have just followed them for a while <laughs> to see what their deal was. I think she could have very quickly deduced what was going on at least to a you know good enough extent to build up a case against him if she had just tracked these two guys rather than trying to figure out like oh what's the deal with the mother like oh yeah. she has no finances oh this kid has money like you could have found that all out if you were just kind of tailing these two guys trying to see what their deal was they're so immediately suspicious I also really want to say that but one of the earlier instances of me kind of side-eyeing how this plot was unfolding she meets I don't want to call him Boom Boom but I can't think of his first Bernard. name it's Bernard just... Bernard the oh, hockey player Bernard isn't Bernard the, Bernard's oh no, the Murray is the yeah Murray's the Murray's the reporter friend Bernard's the she player. meets Bernard at the bar mm -hmm. when she's like wearing those like red heels yeah. that I guess are like the sisterhood of the traveling heels with her and the friend who owns the that, bar yeah so like she meets Bernard they kind of like have a connection they make out they go to their homes separately mm -hmm. she goes home takes a bath has a whole thing with back and forth with her recent I guess ex Murray. And then Bernard just comes over, and they don't really address this. Walks in the door. Yeah, that's what I find the weirdest, is that, like... He just walks in. And this is just like, 
when you first are introduced to this child, she just opens the door to the bathroom while she's there taking a bath, like wanders in and is like, you fucking my dad? And just like, like, who are you? Like, who is this yeah. little rug rat? I get that it's supposed to be like a notable entrance, but I sort of rolled my eyes because I'm like, this wasn't clever of the movie to do. And it, I also got very hung up on the idea of like, you met this woman, I guess, like three hours ago or something at the bar. You made out with her. Maybe you'll go see her again. But your next move is to bring your daughter over there? What the fuck? Well, I mean, and basically, he's not, it's not like he's doing it because he wants to see her because he wants some help in figuring out this possible shady business deal. He literally shows up and is like, hey, can you watch my daughter for a while? Like, you just met this woman and you're already treating her as a babysitter? Right. Well, and why is she the person you go to? Right. There has to be someone else in your you're life. You're like a millionaire. Just hire a babysitter for the evening. I'm, you know, maybe we're looking at this with a millennial lens. There's a, there wasn't an app back then to find the, to find so, a babysitter. Like, why is the Trumbulls soap? Why are they Trumbulls so poor? Like, they have no money. Uh, we don't really... We know that the shipping company has not been doing well because Murray said so, that they've lost... Grey Fox. Grey Fox. No, but the Trumbull is, like, the guy that... Yes. Trumbull Grey Fox. Oh, he's... That's his first yeah, name. Yeah, Trumbull Grey Fox. That's and then, 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 his, then his brother's name is Horton Grey yeah, Fox. Trumbull and Horton. And then once they and got... Bernard. Bernard. The fairly which, adorable one. I guess it's sort of a stuffy-ish thing, I, I guess but, maybe the parents got out of their systems by the time they had the third kid, where right. it's like, Horton... <laughs> Well, Trumbull, they, that's ridiculous, Bernard. But if the shipping company's not doing well, then maybe he doesn't have the money. But this is where a lot of... But the, he's also a hockey player. I guess he is. But like, here's this is where a lot of the movie uh, and the mystery like falls apart for me when you pick at it with, like... When you just poke with it. With a fingernail? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah Trumbulls, yeah. Like, is that if if the Trumbull, Grey Falk side of things are so poor, mm-hmm. where... How is he paying for... All, who the fuck are these people that are, know. like... Kidnap, trying to kidnap this girl. Yeah. How is he paying? Able, well, that's what I don't get either. They're, they're able to. Cash. Yeah. They're not take, right. They're not going to take a they, check or something, and then when it yeah. bounces, they're going to show me like, oh, hey. they're, yeah. they're able to. Someone. They're able to presumably pay off Wayne Knight's right. small time crime mafia. Yeah. They're able to maintain what appears to be a very generous looking mansion. They're able to also pay for Trumbull's whole weird metal sculpture. I mean, look, Chris, Hanger? I don't, don't know what to call it. You, eat. you got to sculpt in a different location. I guess that's true. I also just need to point out that I found Trumbull's entire look to be hideously uh, distracting. Oh, yeah. Um, no, he looks like Sting and Dune. We've talked about this. Yes. He looks like if he were just wearing like weird underpants with like a high waisted. Like, and like a and he's wearing like a very tight, thin. I don't even know what to call it. Like a like a sleeveless workout. Well, top. one of the, I mean, one of the, the second scene I think where you see him, he's just wearing overalls and nothing else. Yes, where it's like it looks like he should be well, some sort of, of post apocalyptic. But then he's yeah. here. Reminded me of uh, the guy. Oh God, what? help me out. What? Um, another time, another place. Oh, it's Streets of Fire. <laughs> he has a look yeah, of um, Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Like if he just had like the like he has like the waders and the, the waders boots and everything. Yeah, no. But and then they both had huge hair. Yeah. And but in in Trumbull's case, he has like his big sting. Hair. Yeah, yeah, and it's also so brassy. Yeah, it's very like a rusty red brown kind of it's like an unnatural odd. color. His whole look is bizarre, yeah. which I found to be distracting. But also, like, I kept waiting for any of these like spicy details to pay off in any kind of way. But like, the metal sculpture means nothing. The hockey of it all means nothing. Mm. The export thing kind of sort of means something, and I guess that explains why that big Japanese company is interested in them. Well, they just want, they the, want land, the land right? for like a, a complex, luxurious complex condos of some and sort. crap. Yeah. yeah, which is really what is driving the plot. Which, which, by the way, is an 
unsatisfying reason say, for all of this looking action. Looking at the models, those were some ugly buildings. Chicago <laughs> lucked out. It was the 80s. Okay, I know what I should have been. But it was, we were still infatuated with the idea of the 80s. Yeah. When you think about it, 80s style was probably still very much reigning. No, it was. It was just like, they look like, I don't know, squat silos with glass dome tops. Yeah, they really do. Ugh. But no, bo- the mystery is boring. No, it's it is. out of it both times we watch. No, it. I agree. Because it's, it's very hard to tell. There are various scenes where she goes to meet people and ostensibly pump them for information. Yeah. I have trouble telling what she actually gained in those situations. Me too. Because a lot of the times it's such benign information that you feel like she, as an intelligent woman, should have already been able to piece this together. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's like whenever she goes to meet the union head or something. I hate that scene. First of all, this movie seems to be a little anti-union, I have to say, the R. Warshawski. Well, because the assumption is, oh, those, the union the goes union- right. Right, the union is somehow behind it. And then she, like, talks to the union boss. He's like, so you're responsible for for killing that man? Okay, I actually just want to talk about, even setting aside those politics, which I agree are present, and I find the way they're presented in this movie to be distasteful. But the way that scene goes down is absurd to me, because she brings the girl with her. I do just want to say, the element of this mystery that I love is that she sort of, like, somewhat deputized the, the, the daughter, and has made her her like sidekick, and I yeah. love that dynamic. I, I actually really, I do, really love I, it. I like they're they're um, like I'm sorry not to like cut you up, but like the scene where they're in the first office building, and she needs to like yes. look at the files, and so Cat runs off and is like a basketball hoop, oh boy, and like starts playing with basketball in the office, which makes the lawyer have to go away to chase her down. Yeah. And then you have the other thing where she's trying to deposit money in the bank, yes. and she's trying to check her bank account, but she doesn't remember like any of the information, so we have to look it up. Please help me. The way the two of them work together, I think, is awesome. Yeah, like I actually think that's 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 grounds for a significately better movie but anyway sorry you were saying but no well, i was gonna say like okay so she she's bringing scene. she's bringing cat with her into a meeting with her father's old drinking buddy drinking buddy who is the head of the union right and she basically goes in and just been like well why'd you kill him and well like, to be also there is something important <laughs> that you forgot to mention when they're going up the stairs she says like he's oh, yeah. a bit of a hothead and cat's like oh so does that mean we should be nice to him and kathleen her's like no that means we have to get him angry and oh, so man. you think that it's going to be this case where like this guy doesn't want to tell them anything and they work him up into an outrage until he just like breaks and shouts something at them that and they the, really need to figure and the, out. Ideally, that something is actually like interesting or, or like that matters. relevatory yeah. in some yeah. way. But all that happens is that she goes in there and he's like, he's like, oh, hi, I haven't seen you in forever. Yeah. And she goes, so why'd you kill yeah, him? She's like, cut the shit. And he's like, what? What the fuck are you talking about? And she was like, well, we all know you did it. And he was like, get out. And yeah. she's like, fine. And so they Well, leave. no, the one thing that they do find <laughs> out, they find out in that scene, am I correct? The, the thing that they discover is that Horton told the labor union to protest the sale of the company. Mm-hmm. Well, what they said was anything you do to protest the, the sale of the company, we understand. Yeah. So I think, I think the idea is that you get the idea that Horton was not on board with selling the company. And so you get something. I'm not really sure how that really figures into what we find out later on. The only, necessarily. the only reason why Tr- Trumbull wanted to sell was because he needed the money because he was Because he was broke, yeah. So I guess what you find out there is that Horton is opposed to selling the company yeah. and therefore probably does not need the money, so therefore is probably not but a murderer. It feels like Horton's such a non-entity in this story. No, he yeah. is. And it feels like uh, like baby information that you don't need. Like All you really need to know is that Trumbull's really broke and that yeah. he's trying to sell the company. And he, like, that's... It just seems like you spend... You could have figured out that in, like, two clues. Right, and you, you've got a motive yeah. right there for his yeah. character. and it takes, like, five scenes and five baby clues that really don't... Yeah. There's, like, half of a... I, I think that's my primary frustration with this movie, and I think it's also what makes the mystery so fucking boring, is that the conclusions are unexciting and obvious, and ones that I feel like an adult in Kathleen Turner's position could have intuited pretty quickly, but because it's a movie, we have to, like, stretch it out. Yeah, I and have that, to... that stretch is not, a, is not giving us room for a fun journey. 
because based on the fact that I watched this twice and I like just just completely shut my brain off during all of the like investigation scenes that like I'm not meant to focus on that. that yeah. Like, that if they that either the writers of this movie didn't want to do a mystery or they're that bad at it. Yeah. That they, <laughs> like because it seems like they spent the energy elsewhere and yeah. there are some things that are good mm-hmm. and I guess it's worth talking about some of the things that are good in this movie and I think one of the good things is the dynamic between again we've talked about like we have a, we all have problems with the daughter being in this movie but she turns out to have a pretty nice dynamic and she's not like a coying tweet teenager yeah. character and the other really good thing about this is her dynamic with Catherine her reporter Jenner. oh yes yeah, yeah, yeah. Mar- no Murray. Kathleen Turner's dynamic with Murray the reporter yes where they have like this interesting combative Rivalry, in both, romantic. Yeah, in both. Well, it's they, they used to be romantic partners yeah. a while ago, and they broke up at some point. But they still have this sort of like combative nature. They're still kind of a little sexual and flirty with each other, even though they don't actually like do anything. Yeah. And they're at odds because like he wants to. He's a reporter, right. so what he wants to do is like get, get the scoop. Of, yeah, yeah, and she she's more focused on the case, and she's they're like not always. They don't have the same goals. Right. They, they bicker in entertaining ways, yeah. I, th- I find. Although I will say this, in both cases, both in terms of the daughter and with Murray, I absolutely despise the way that they were introduced because it made me dislike both of them for well, a while. Well, Murray, it just confused me at first. I didn't understand what his deal was or why he was there in her apartment or, like, who they were in relationship to each other. Yeah. Like, when I first saw him, I was like, oh, this is her boyfriend? Like, she has a boyfriend, but she was flirting with this other guy. Let me find out that, no, he was her ex-boyfriend, but he still breaks into her apartment yeah. to watch the game. I did. You do come away from the movie feeling like Murray and Kathleen Turner... They're, like, the only people who they'll make, like, sense to. Like, you get the sense that these two people understand each other in a way that other people just don't or won't or can't. And I thought the movie did a pretty good job of selling me on how, like, this normal for them is, yeah. like, what they thrive on. Yeah, I mean, I always kind of like that dynamic in a movie where you have two characters who are, like, it's like, oh, they would be perfect for each other. But for some reason, obviously, like, they know it would never work between them. So right. it's like, they're perfectly fine continuing the rest of their lives. Like that They will never be in, like, well, an actual relationship with each other, but they'll still have that connection. For me, what I like, and this is the vibe that I specifically got, is that they, they, well, they would be, but they both have, like, personal issues that they have no interest in, in figuring out. Mm. And, like, if they maybe if they could work out their personal issues, they could. But, like, Kathleen is happy with her commitment Phobia. And yeah, and he's, he's happy, happy with this large eyeglass wearing yeah, blonde yeah. woman. <laughs> I do want to talk about as a great like character moment the scene in which Kathleen Turner and Kat show up to basically like surprise Murray. I think it's at his apartment. It's at his apartment. It's at his apartment. I mean, I hope it's not if you have Rashowski's apartment. That'd be super weird if he was in her bed fucking alone. Yeah. I think the first time we watched it, that's... her apartment, like, watching baseball games. Yeah. yeah. there's a better view. Well, which is why I'm pretty sure when the first time we watched through, I thought for a second that they had gone back to her apartment and found Murray fucking another woman there. And I had the thought of, like... Wow, Murray! Like, really taking some liberties here. I mean, here. the part that confused me, I'm sorry, we'll get to the, in terms of the location, is where you see her, Via Wachowski on the couch, and then Lottie the nurse comes in, and Charles Durning's cop is also there. And for a minute, I was like, are there, like, whose house are they at? Like, do Charles Durning and Lottie, like, are they married to each other? Like, is, are they both I thought there? that too! Are they both there because they're in a relationship, or is this at their house? And then I realized, like, no, it's Via Wachowski's house. But, like, it just really threw me through a loop for some reason. I don't know why I have such a hard time recognizing this house. This movie. I think the shots of the apartment are so they're so narrow sometimes well, that yeah. it's hard to tell where you are based on perspective. So for example, we get that perspective shot where it seems as if V.I. Warshawski has a clear view from her window of the baseball field. Yeah. yeah. But we don't get that shot again, so I wasn't really sure which direction it's, we were facing. It's an impossible view. Right, no, I, was, <laughs> I, 
I really want to know. It's comical. Like, I think it, we all hooted when it popped like, up. Does this apartment exist? Did this ever exist? Where you could just like, like, clearly the owner of the college would be like, no, we got to build a wall or something to like it's prevent like, these people from well, watching like this game. A bleacher. Yeah, no, it's like across the street from the stadium. Yeah. And you can see perfectly it's into like, it. It is in the stadium. Yeah. 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 I mean, no, it, it feels like this sort of like must, eminent domain thing where she wants to sell her apartment. Yeah, so they built, the so they built the stadium around her apartment. I also just like the moment where Kathleen Turner and Cad have like busted into Murray's apartment and that poor woman who I I don't know she probably just thought she was going to have a good time she was giving me very and I said this during the movie but she was giving me a lot of Earth Girls Are Easy vibes because she looked somewhat like the same blonde nurse wait with the big glasses and the bangs I mean that was just like again it reminded me of Kim Basinger in Batman because it's just you have like the blonde hair and you have these enormous glasses like the size of your head it's true (laughs) to make you look like mousy it's most most of her face is lens and then there's a nose and the mouth like right under yeah because the bangs cover the rest of it (laughs) you're getting about 60% of the face Yeah. yeah In Actually, uh, something we should all keep in mind whenever we're doing our self-quarantine. Yep. Don't leave. Glasses and bangs. Only let 60% of yes. your face be unprotected yes. by your hair and your Please, cover accessories. your forehead with your bags. Use enormous yeah. eyeglasses. Do whatever you have to do. Get your nose piercings. Your biggest nose piercings. <laughs> Just obscure as yep. much as possible. Yep. Yeah. Mouth guards, um, wax candy lips, whatever you need. She's like appropriately horrified by everything she's hearing because like Kat and Kathleen Turner are leaning into this whole like, well, at least she's older than me this time. Well, and like K- Kathleen Turner comes in and immediately implies that she is married to him and that yes. this is their daughter. And like, how could you do this again? You've done this so many times. You sold us. her clothes right. again? It's just annoying. It really is like an unnecessary. Like they just want to talk to him and it's, yeah. it's just like mildly inconvenient that he's with a woman. So they do all this as like, just because they're they're having fun, yeah. Right? But it is like kind of a dick movie. No, I I thought the same thing. Like, what does like what did he do to deserve this? Yeah, you, know? you could have just been like, hey, look, I know you're in bed with a woman, but you got to talk to you real quick. Just yeah. like, step out here for a minute. I do. And like, instead that they make they make this poor woman believe that like there is this serial abuser who hates his wife and child. And he's also maybe a pedophile. Because yeah, he yeah he he normally goes for women younger than Kat, and so it's Who's like presumably this, his right. daughter. And this poor woman thinks that like she just dated the, or she just fucked this horrible monster of a man. But I also thought the read of the scene is supposed to be light enough that you're supposed to be like, oh, they just wanted to fuck with him. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely played for laughs, but um, it reads oddly. I do have to say, though, I do love that because that's one of the great examples you can see uh, the Cat Kathleen Turner dynamic on display, which I really enjoy. Yeah, that yeah. was good. I mean, they, they do have a good partnership that they form in the movie. And it's a good dynamic. I just hate the, why it's there in the first yeah, place. If no, the agreed. dynamic was there without the scene in which Kathleen Turner says she feels like she could have been a good mother, or especially asking Murray, do you think I could have been a good yeah, mother? Yeah, yeah. I think without that, everything else we see in their dynamic is yeah. less pathetic. I mean, I also have a problem with the way it was brought up in the first place, which you already talked about, which is that he's literally using her as a babysitter versus like... Right. He was a guy she met in a bar, and maybe he said to her, "Oh, hey, call me at one a.m. after I finish this meeting, and we'll, you know, we'll get back together. Maybe we'll get a drink." Right. And she finds out that he's not calling her. She finds out that you know he was found dead at this mm-hmm. place. Then his daughter gloms onto her just because she's like the, uh, this adult woman who has a sense of competence. Which her. would have been more interesting, and also would have felt more organic and natural. Yeah, because the way- well, then you also get the whole thing where his daughter fucking hates her for the opening of the movie, and yeah. sort of like resents the fact that yeah, she's dealing no with her. Yeah. And but then all of a sudden, like once her dad dies, it's like you flip the switch. Yeah, and she's immediately like. 
like, find out who killed my dad. Which, like, I get. I'm sure the fact that your father has died... Would have a culling effect, has an effect on your attitude. On you. Yes, no, I get that. But then you also have the scene prior to that, like, right after her dad has died, where this little wharf rat is hiding in her wharf on a cot somewhere. Like, which is fucking filthy. Why is she lying on this cot? Anyway. Well, they also implied that she does that yeah, a lot. Yeah, so she loves her fucking cot. Anyway, so she's lying there. She's like, this is your fault. Like, it's it's your fault that my dad died. And Kathleen Turner, to her credit, is like, no, no, no. It's nobody's fault. Like, yeah. this just happens. Like, like I would react like, excuse me, like, you little shit. Like, this is not at all my fault. But, like, Kathleen Turner plays it very well, I have to say. <laughs> but, like, even up, you still have, like, that awkward scene where it seems like she's misplacing, I don't know, some of the feelings she has toward right. her dad dating or something or being just another woman on Kathleen Turner. And then it is immediately right after that, like, no, find out who Well, when you think about it, she isn't sort of like a weird Macbeth-esque situation Cat is because her mom ended up marrying yeah. her yeah. uncle. Yeah. And Which now her dad's weird. dead. She just got fucked up feelings. Yeah. And I feel like that's probably what it is, but the movie doesn't really let you see it that way because no. it, it, yeah. it just sort of glosses over the it. The other positive thing that I will say about Cat and uh, Kathleen Turner, like Warshawski's dynamic, Warshawski never like, if, if you were going to have this arc of like this woman who's like, I'm a tough woman and then eventually it's like, oh, but I could be a good mom. She doesn't start off by saying like, I don't like kids, okay? <laughs> yeah. Really, they don't lean into that too hard. Yeah. She has yeah. like one joking line about how she killed a teenager, which is fair because at that point, Candace is being an absolute right. bitch. She drinking her beer? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, when that happened, I thought, she wow. She beer, her dress? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she should, yeah, right. And she, then, just like shimmies out of it and then dashes into a cab, like, in what looks like bicycle shorts and a sports yeah. bra. Yeah. Which yeah, I thought or Kathy Turner's like, she's going to be like, ah, oh, excuse me. <laughs> but she doesn't ever really have that beginning part of the arc where she's like, oh, having yeah. to look after a kid. Right. How unwomanly. Which I kind <laughs> of appreciate. Yeah. That they I like that. Yeah, she just seems to take to it like she, there's no special attention called to like her having to deal with a, a child and a, a a female child yeah. on top of that. Yeah. I also wish that the egg thing carried through more. Well, I mean, it, it, it is, that's what I said. It was a weird thing where in the beginning, the daughter mentions like, oh, I got a school assignment. You got to watch the egg. Which is so 90s. Yeah, I know that crap that we've all heard about. But uh, and then. Did, did you guys have to do, I had to do the egg. I didn't. You know, I didn't we didn't do egg. No. no, I did the egg. Did you do flour? We did bag of flour. I didn't do either. You did flour? Bag of flour. I know one of to the. To give it like more kid? like weight. Ugh. I mean, we had a baby doll too. Yeah, I was gonna say like when it, like in the, in the high school version of like the home ec class or whatever or like yeah, whatever yeah. course it was, there was like an electronic baby where it'd be like, oh, the baby's been crying for thirty minutes and you didn't do anything to stop Ew. it. Like that comes, yeah, electro baby. Yeah, it was like yeah, it was programmed to do things and you had to take it. Right, yeah, and if you yeah, and if you weren't, no, thank you. Yeah, if you were neglecting, I mean, there's a re- I can't remember what class. It wasn't just like everyone gets a baby. It was like some class that presumably was specifically geared toward people who were interested in working with children. Uh, what about the egg? one line, one final thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Egg, follow, did you wrap up the egg? Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forget where we dropped it from, but there yeah, was, I remember that. There was also, um, I was not in any of these classes because I think it was just for GT and I wasn't in GT science. Gifted and talented, sorry. It was basically you had to create a, like, a parachute system for the egg. Oh, Jesus, and then, that's beyond. Yeah, and how, then how high would, do you have to be for the well, parachute? Well, they would go up to the roof of the school and drop how it. How high is the roof? Like three stories. I feel like parachutes don't work at that level. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like the same thing. I feel like you can drop would, something and support it, it without it, the egg breaking. It does, that, it does at that size. So basically, people had to find... You had to construct the like thing around it to make sure the egg could land without yeah. breaking. And again, like I didn't do this personally, but I had friends who were doing it, and it was like really impressive. <laughs> yeah, guys, we gotta. I gotta. Actually, I gotta put the freezer. We gotta get back to this. Movie. Okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> 
Thanks, Kelly and the comment. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Uh, but let's talk about some of the other characters, though, just to try to, like... Let's right, rattle them off. To, yeah. like, roll through All this. All right, so in order. Murray. Appearance. Murray. Murray. Murray's probably the next biggest character, I think. Yeah. I started off hating him. I ended up having Well, I started off... I would say I started off confused by Murray, trying to figure out what he was doing yeah. here and who he was. He just seemed like a garden variety dick in the beginning, but eventually I came to really enjoy his relationship yeah. with Warshawski. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want those two to get together officially, but I want them to stay in each other's lives. But I want to ship them. You can. No, I don't want to fucking do that. I'm not a freak. think I am. No, I don't know. I, I, I agree that his intro is really a difficult sell for me. Like, the, the way he's introduced just sort of turns me off on his character entirely. It's a weird first note. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it kind of, like, digs a hole for him that it takes a while for him to, like, crawl his way back out yeah. of. But I think by the end of the movie, you get to like him a little bit more. I love that he comes to that, like, end confrontation, apparently, with a gun. Well, she gave him a gun. Oh, yeah, she did. He, he's yeah. uncomfortable with guns. Yeah. He's a mom where he's like, oh. Right, right which is why he gets them. shot almost instantly. Yeah, because he's a wimp. Yeah. <laughs> which I appreciate. Yeah, me yeah. too. No, I mean, it's realistic, right? Yeah. He's a wimp. Who else is out there? Sal. Sterning. Wait, who's Sal? Sorry, I'm doing it over appearance, guys. Okay, so who's first we have oh, Sal, the bartender. bartender. So, like, because the thing is, is that a lot of these characters are shuffled in and out very fast because mm-hmm. they are, we felt like it was primitive fan service because yeah. they're all characters from the books. Yeah. Right. And Sal is her, like, bartender friend who owns the shoes with her, I, I guess. I, I think there is, like, a good idea in all of this where they're like, okay, we're going to show you V.I. Warshawski's world through the various, like, colorful characters that are in it and that yeah. she knows but and has these pre-existing relationships They don't do with. anything and there right. are too all. many of them. And I, I think I and none s- of them really have that much of a connection to what's going on. I will say I think the one that's done as well as you could hope for this sort of thing is the landlord. Because the landlord shows up for one scene where she's like, hey, like, did you replace the light bulb? He's like, no, did you give me a rent? She's like, nope. And they're like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. And that's all you ever see of him. Like, that's fine for me because you spend maybe, I don't know, 15 seconds with this guy. Yeah. yeah, like, just, just barely, though. With, like, something like... Like the doctor or Charles Durning right. or Sal, you're there for like at least one scene more for those other characters. And so you keep wondering, like, how does this character matter? Right. Who is this person? What's their relationship like? How are they going to figure in? And the answer for most of them is they don't. Which is a shame in the case of Sal, because no, I, I really like her. I think Sal is a very interesting character. But when I was watching the scene, I just couldn't get a grip on who she was. Whenever they have the... So you get the interesting with her with Sal is where she sits down at the bar and Sal pours her a drink. She's like, no, it's going to take more than that. And Sal pulls out like up a straw and she's just yeah. like has, sitting there below the bar I guess like like break glass in case of Warshawski or something basically and though, just pulls out this like pre-cut pastrami sandwich and chips or whatever and she's like no 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 more than that and so she pulls out a box like this gift wrapped almost box with shoes and lipstick in it and so you you kind of get some idea of what their relationship is I and I the lipstick was in there's there lipstick too. in there too yeah That's and so you kind of get the idea that like these are two friends who I guess like you said sort of traveling shoes share these shoes between the two of them but like like, that's not really enough for me. And it's not yeah. really enough for me when this character only happens, like, only appears in this movie once and then never comes back in any meaningful way. It's also interesting, too, when you look through it, when you look through it in the lens of the majority of this movie is Kathleen Turner reacting to Kat or reacting to various interchangeable men, because they're either in the kind of the Sting brother or Bernard vein, where they're mm-hmm. kind of, like, passably handsome, I guess, yeah. or they're in the Charles Journey vein, where they're just, like, 
blustering old men. And very few times you get to see her in a in the room with another adult woman yeah. who she has a relationship with. So to have Sal not only as an adult woman in her life, but also like the lone source of color in this movie, I wanted I wanted more from Sal. Uh, are we forgetting the Japanese businessman? Chris? Yeah, we are. Going back to Charles Durning is uh, he's another character in this movie. He mm-hmm. is a lieutenant. What was his name? Lee, do you remember? Lieutenant, uh, lieutenant uh, Mallory. Okay, yeah. Mallory. He's, he's mm-hmm. in the police force. Um, you get a little bit of the backstory between him and Warshawski where you find out that he was kind of like a father figure to her. Mm-hmm. He's known her for a very long time. Dad's friend. Right. He was friend of her father who has died. And so you kind of get that this, he, he is like a surrogate father to her, despite the fact that they work in very different sort of industries. And he acts fatherly in a convincing way. He does. And I, I, I like their relationship for what little you get of it. And I like Charles Durning. I think Charles Durning was a wonderful character Me after. Too. So it's always a pleasant surprise to see him in movies like this. He always has this, this just this sort of quality yes. to him. Yes. I find him to be very warm and cozy as a presence in movies. No, he is. And I, I he he plays the part well. I think he comes off as warm, but still a little bit, gruff. you know, yeah, gruff and on edge around her. So I like that he's there, even though, again, it's sort of hard to get a grip on what it is that their deal precisely is. I, I wanted more from him. I wanted more from Sal. The last one, I, the last, like, friend I wanted more from was Lottie. Lottie, I watched the entire movie the first time without realizing that she was doing accent work. I thought she was just doing, like, <laughs> this mid-Atlantic sort of Catherine Hepburn thing, but I think she's German. She's sort of very light German Yeah, she, like, she sort of, I don't want to say she drops it and picks it back up again, but, like, it is very unaffected. Yes. So, it, it, the actor definitely made a more understated choice with yeah. the accent. I wanted more from her only to understand what was Lottie's deal. Right, I mean, I was think she a like, pediatrician who's she's still... A, I, there was a word for her type, but she's not she's a an obstetrician. Uh, maybe an obstetrician. Obstetrician is literally like the childbirth doctor. Something to do with childbirth doctor. And she is a surrogate mother figure to Kathleen Turner. Okay. Okay. So she's connected. She's a long time for like from childhood. From like so similar to Charles Durning. Just okay. Different uh, elements might have been her doctor at some point growing up, or you know, could have been the obstetrician for her mother. Yeah. Mm. But they were they were closely connected for a long time. Yeah. In terms of like other minor characters, who is there really to make some? I mean, Wayne Knight. Yeah, Wayne Knight, who I just keep wondering, like, why this character is in this movie. We kind of mentioned the same thing about Bob, the union leader, where, like, that character is in there for exactly a scene. He adds the information that that scene gives you could have come in a way with a character we already had. I think this movie's instincts when it comes to world building is to just keep introducing us to more colorful people within this world. But they never put in the effort to tie them to the story or to make them interesting enough that we don't mind the digression. Yeah, I mean, it feels like it was written by, at some point, one of these writers, I looked it up, there was someone credited for screen story and there are three screenwriters. So who knows how many people actually worked on this. But someone must have had some familiarity with the books in general, I think, to want to introduce all of these characters and make sure that there is at least a scene where everyone gets to do something. Right. And I wonder if that was either just the fact that they liked these stories or if it was just that they thought the easiest way to do world building would just be to throw every single aspect of her world into this movie and be like they're all here it's an existing universe everyone's aware of who this is honestly I think that's what it is because uh, or at least that's a large part of it because I think they had this also this idea in their head of like let's do this lighthearted noir but it's going to be full of these like different people and everyone's gonna love how expansive and weird this cast is but no one is memorable enough to really stick and the story is so boring that I'm not I mean, I'm looking. I'm looking for something to love. I mean, that's mostly. Yeah. I think it's just that, like, fine actors, right? Fine actors all around. Yeah. It's mostly just that I, the story is so dull and the characters have so little to offer that I don't care about them. Yeah. You know, like I can't remember the name of the guy who plays Horton, but he's a character actor who's been in a bunch of he's shit. Barely in the movie. Yeah, and I'm saying he barely matters. Yeah. So it's just like 
you have people who can do this work, but you're not giving them any opportunity to do anything. So, I, like, they're just there, you know, in, in the same way that, like, the river is there. Like, right. it's just there for set dressing. Oh, there was one other act, uh, character thing I wanted to touch on, and I guess this also kind of goes into acting a little bit, but can we just talk for the briefest of moments about the mom? I don't understand her place in the mystery. I don't understand what she wants. I don't understand when she wanted it, and I don't understand what she knew and when. No, I don't know, and I agree. That was a problem I had the first time I watched the movie, is that I was unclear as if, to, if she was behind this thing the whole time, or she just showed up at the dock, saw her husband threatening her daughter, made it like a split second, you know, decision to shoot him because her daughter was in danger, and then was just like, well, actually, my daughter doesn't like me that much, so maybe I should just kill her. It's so weird how that all goes I mean, it's also weird, too, because, like, he was about to kill her, and she says, I'll still get the money because because they'll think that he killed my daughter, so let him kill her, and then shoot him. Why are you, like, why why are you interrupting this chain? The moment that they decide to explain the plan make it more confusing. Look, summing up the mystery, I have a very hard time following it. I have a very hard time telling why we're talking to these characters, what we're getting from these characters, and how it matters at the end of the day. Because at the end of the day, the person who did the crime is not all that surprising to me. No, it's not surprising, and it's also like we've spent so little understanding them as a character that when we're like, he did it, and I'm like, fine, okay. Yeah, I, yeah he probably did. It makes about as much sense as get-go. anyone yeah. goddamn else. I of course mean, like, he did. If we found out the union was behind it, I would have been like, okay, fine, like, I guess. Yeah. It, it doesn't make you care. It doesn't make you want to invest, which is a shame because I would actually say that I think Kathleen Turner does a great job in this role. Yeah. And I, it seemed like she was given mediocre at best material, but I think she sells the shit out of it. I think Kathleen Turner is probably ideal casting for this character as I am aware of her. I feel like if you were going to do a sort of female private eye detective story at this she's, time, she's it. Yeah, you would have gone with her because she has everything that you would possibly want for this character. And she's wildly underserved by the script. But she brings it as much as she can bring it. I think she even sells the comedy as best as could be sold. Yeah, I mean, it's not like she's, you know, she she knew how to do comedy. It's not like this is a foreign world to her. Exactly. But I, it's, I guess what I'm saying is I think she sold some of the lame jokes better than I think we could have expected with yeah, other some people. Of them. All right. Uh, well, I just wanted to go into real quick looking to score because we had mentioned this before. The score is by a gentleman by the name of Randy Edelman. It's a very sort of prototypical late 80s, early 90s kind Cynthia. of cop synthy score, which bum, I bum, enjoy. Boom, boom. Kind of a... Um, a little bit of um, Law and Order-esque. Yeah, I mean, just because that's the same sort of musical place we were musically at that time period. And, uh, you know, I appreciate it. It was fun. So uh, let's waltz right along to fixes. All right, shit. Okay, here we go. Ready for this shit? Yep. Buckle up, buttercup. Let's do it. All right, so V.I. Warshawski. So what Mm -hmm. I'm going to do, first of all, is I'm going to axe the Doctor, I'm going to axe Wayne Knight, and a lot of the other extraneous minor characters, but I want to beef up the role of her best friend, Sal the Bartender, because, like I said, I think that's an interesting relationship, and I think the movie would benefit from her being in it more, aside from this one fucking scene. So instead of Cat the Little Girl, we're going to have an older young adult guy. He's probably, like, about 18, and so you get elements of a one-sided attraction there. So... He's kind of like into the fact that like he likes Warshawski and she's like, oh, hell no, I'm not into this at all. Um, it's There is a similar dynamic with him and his mom where he doesn't get along with his mom at all and wants nothing to do with her. In this version, his mom did not remarry his uncle, but she is just sort of like this wealthy divorced woman, mm-hmm. basically. It is a similar dynamic where she's kind of like blowing through her money at this point and she realizes that she doesn't have a whole lot left, but she just sort of projects this air of being mm-hmm. this like independently wealthy woman. So in this version, Warshawski is tipped off to some potential troubles in the Greyfall company by Sal, the bartender friend. She tries to smoothly get in with Bernard by floating, uh, by flirting with him, and he becomes interested in hiring her as a private eye because he's suspicious of his brother's attempts to sell the company. Uh, the shipping company in this version isn't in as much of a financial mess as it is in the movie, but it's more profitable to sell it all off in one fell swoop, and profit
profit immensely than it is to try and keep the company running for an extended period of time. Uh, in this movie, Trumbull is a red herring. We find out that it was the other brother, Horton, trying to get control over the company. We find this out and we discover that Trumbull had secretly told the head of the union about the impending sale. We still have the part where the young adult's son is kidnapped and taken to the dock, but this time it's by Horton and not by Trumbull. So the young adult's son, we find out at the end, is secretly working to usurp control of the company because he's worried about his financial future. Mm -hmm. He was secretly given a small part of the dock by his grandfather years ago before the grandfather died, which is similar to how it is in this movie, but that is what prompted him to try and work out how he could be the most financially set for life with what little he has available to him. So what he decides to do is he secretly works with his mother, who he still does not ostensibly care for, mm -hmm. to try and create a scheme to frame her husband and his uncles, her husband's brothers, so that he could wrest control of the company and she would help to frame Trumbull and encourage Horton to sell the company, though she was the only one who actually knew that her son owned this property. The son would then, the son like then told her like, okay, and then once I have control of it, I'll sell it off and we'll split the money. So we'll both look, we'll be done with each other. You'll be out of my life. I'll be out of your life. And we'll both be taking care of each other forever. Uh, the young adult son though shoots his mother when she goes to rescue him from the stage boat incident, which happens in the movie still. So instead of like the switcheroo where it's the mom shooting her husband, it's him killing his mom. He spills the whole plan to Warshawski before attempting to kill her. Warshawski manages to knock the adult son into the staged boat. His leg gets caught in the hole and he drowns when Warshawski makes the boat to descend into the river. In the end, he dies. Horton decides to keep controlling interest of the company in the interest of keeping the employees' jobs. And Warshawski is teased with another case that is probably taken from some other novel in this series. There it is. Lee, you want to head up? I didn't really care enough to come up with like a better mystery than the one this movie provided, but I have some simple changes, uh, and let's just assume that I also wrote a better mystery. Um, I <laughs> don't want the kid in there. Yeah. I want to revert Boom Boom to her cousin, yep. as it is in the book. I want uh, Marie to be uh, more of a figure in... I want more of a direct partner to replace Kat. I want him to sort of fill that role. And I feel like there could be an interesting vibe where he is a partner, but he's also more of a rival and more at odds with her because he he's supposed to be writing articles about her cousin's death and investigation. And like, she obviously is not in a great place to want that to happen at the moment. Cause she wants to figure out what's going on with it. What, what, what happened to her cousin? I just, I just think that it, you know, be more like the book <laughs> essentially. And don't have this discreet. I didn't like, I did not want the kid. I don't want the kid in there, even though the kid got some good stuff. So I have, and this could be a bit of a wild long shot of mine, but those sparkly red heels oh, just spoke <laughs> to me keep going, keep to going. such a level. Of course they did. That I perhaps thought, what if we loosely did a Wizard of Oz thing Fuck by the water? Me. As soon as you said the goddamn heels, I thought to myself, this is going to be some fucking all about Steve thing where it turns out that the red boots are like Dorothy's oh, red Jesus. shoes. Oh, Jesus. Is yeah. that, was Wait, that the intention yeah. of all about, Steve? all about Steve? Hold on, was that really the intention yeah, of all about Yeah, that's a thing all about Steve. They're meant to be like the red shoes. There's a Wizard twister. Oh my god. <laughs> I did Just not. Like blowing Chris's mind. I did not put that together. That, that makes the movie worse, not better. No, it does, which is why I'm saying so. Crip from All About Steve at your own. No! I'm kind of fucking Mr. Devise! Damn it! Well, now it all sucks. I, I, I mean, I was just thinking, like, it would be an interesting framework. I had recently... <laughs> well, now it also just sounds like Oz Mafia, the dating sim, where <laughs> the lion, the tin man, and the scarecrow are like a crime organization. <laughs> well, I was thinking that on the fucking Zoe de Chanel one. <laughs> the outer zone. Uh, you mean oh, where man. her parents are hey, robots? I loved... No, wait. Was, and pretty much, they called Alice in Wonderland. Was they called her DG. Yeah, uh, I, the Tin Man, yes. I, yeah. I, I, the, tin I Man. And they called her DG, and there was a whole thing about, like, the Tin Men were, like, Those they had, like, tin stars because yeah. they were the sheriffs. Right. And, 
God, that that series had so, some interesting ideas, but there was some bullshit yeah. at play. I recently rewatched the uh, Saoirse Ronan Eric Bana movie uh, Hannah, mm-hmm. and they also I think did an interesting thing in which they kind of brought in vague fairy tale elements into what is otherwise just a highly stylistic fighty thriller. Yeah, and I feel like you could have found a similar beat in here by following something sort of silly and using a touchstone yeah. like those heels, but in this case it would be like Cat is probably more in a Dorothy position and Kathleen Turner is one of like three adults that she sort of enlists in this team of figuring the mystery out. Okay. Also, in my version, the mystery is also more interesting. And maybe... <laughs> but we didn't, <laughs> you know, t- details... Well, my thought is like, yeah. maybe like mom... I'll spell on her mother. Maybe mom is really the, the, the like Lady Macbeth in this situation and yeah. she's sort of the Wicked Witch of the West and she drowns as her death or something. I didn't really think about it too deep, but I just thought that would at least be something like fun to do with this and I think you could you could find a heightened tone that would sell the comedy beats better with the dramatic stuff mm-hmm. I think yeah because I think there's the ceiling is raised a little bit for that in a heightened tone well you heard it from Chris all about Steve no <laughs> Chris is no one is al- pro no one is no one is allowed to be named Steve in this in this movie I think it's reflective in our fixes how kind of under-inspired we were by this movie. Because I have to say, on paper, I was very, very intrigued by this film. Yeah, which leads me into a strong would not recommend. Yeah, yeah. agreed. I think I also agree. I've forgotten correctly by time. Sadly. (laughs) Sadly, because when you tell me on paper, there is a P.I. movie starring Kathleen Turner... I'm already in. That sounds yeah. great. It's just done badly. So I didn't even, I hadn't even heard of this movie before you brought it up. I hadn't either. This was yeah. something that you had wanted to do. And so I had no expectations going in and those expectations were met. And that's it feels, was nothing. This feels like one of our mistakes. What do you mean? So sometimes we pick movies to do in this podcast that we haven't haven't really checked up on. And then we we realize once we get to the end of it, ooh, this isn't as salvageable as we thought it might be. Yeah, I don't think... I mean, yeah, I guess in a way, like, anything is potentially salvageable, but, like, really, there there really wasn't a lot that grabs you. I mean, the problem with this one is that there's so little there that grabs you, aside from Captain Turner as a detective, right? Well, I was grabbed by a memory of this movie, not by the movie itself. Uh That's why I suggested it, Uh not because of anything in the movie, but because of what I evoked. It is just such a bummer because I feel like with a better movie, Kathleen Turner in this role is, um, is that's a it's part a of role, an amazing thing. Yeah, the role was the one thing that was, it was she was very well cast as yeah. this character. And she also, she did like radio plays with this character too. She did? Yeah, I thought. I think, oh, that's I, exciting. I think it might have been BBC or something yeah. where she played this character in radio plays, which is like, that's perfect. That's, that's perfect. exactly who you'd want to do this still. Even to this day, where she's like 60, you can still have her play this character and it doesn't matter. Right. She doesn't matter. She still have that beautiful yeah, whiskey and cigarettes like voice. Turner. Yeah, and she'd be perfectly cast. Uh, yeah. It is a bummer because it's just like if we could go back and give her a better PI vehicle, yeah. Yeah. This, I, this could have been honestly the start of a, an amazing franchise. This for me is kind of like up there with what was it, The International? Where it was just like, <laughs> yeah. It was for like two did like the international, probably the international no one. that I watched it and was like, you know what, not terrible. With this yeah. one, I was like, you know what, nothing's here. Nothing's yeah. here. It's truly not. It's truly less than the sum of its parts. Yeah. I think what we've learned is let's let's not go in blind as much as we we yeah. have done. We, yeah. we don't do it that often, but like yeah, we don't, it always like, proves to be somewhat of a mistake. <laughs> We did a movie that none of us had seen. The international. Like, oh, international. No, no, no. What that ended up being like, oh, this was a good topic for us to discuss. I really I don't, don't remember off the top of my head. What I don't know. I think I, I'd have to really scrub my brain. 
Yeah, I'd have to look through everything we ever did. Yeah. That's an interesting question. I think, actually, I was, I'm foreseeing that at some point in the future, our minis will become more focused on self-reflection as a, as a podcast, and I would love to be able to kind of do a look back at, like, <laughs> what were discover, like, good discoveries yeah, for us. Yeah, did we learn anything good from this um, podcast? <laughs> just, well, because I, I will say this. Anything I, good come out of I do feel like... <laughs> what was the point? I do feel like on occasion, we should take a risk on a movie. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do too. I just feel but, like... But in our experience, they have not. But right, sure. no, I mean, here's the thing that I think. I think that if you want to take a risk on a movie, that's great. I think it needs to be a movie that is so wild... That is supposed to be so wildly absurd that you just know going into this, you're going to have some reaction. It needs a reputation. Right, like yeah. even with Southland Tales. Like I had seen Southland Tales before we watched it. So like what? I'm thinking about oh. something like that, right? Where it's just like, you know this movie is fucking ridiculous. You know it's nuts. You've heard people talk about this movie. With this, it's literally like I had to Google this movie and like the top hits are just the book series. Right. Yeah. And so like you don't hear anyone talking about this movie because as they said it is justly forgotten yeah man yeah. what a disappointment yeah. you know don't see it guys don't yeah. see it no Skip good it. Don't do it. I really it breaks my heart to say don't see the Kathleen Turner is a PI movie but don't see it yeah don't bother anyway uh, we'll be back in two weeks with a mini yeah. um what are we watching next, actually? Well, we'll we talk know. about that in the mini. Oh, yeah, let's figure that out in the that's mini. That's true. Yeah. But we'll, we'll have a really uh, fun mini coming up. I'm yeah. excited. It's gonna be, <laughs> yeah. gonna be so if you, if you didn't care for this, just wait for the Just wait. Yeah. Maybe you'll like that more. Uh, you'll be able to see our quarantine energy go full manic yeah. the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell. We're, we're in the depressive state today. Truly. We are, yeah. Truly. We're all sleepy. Yeah. yeah. Um, what is it? Bargaining acceptance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So it's a stage of death. Oh, yeah, so, so, yeah, so we did bargaining, Shock? right? Yeah. <laughs> what is, how does it go? Denial, Denial, anger, bar- grief. Oh, yeah. Denial, no. anger, bargaining. bargaining. Bargaining, grief. Grief. Acceptance. Yeah. I don't know. I think I'm either in grief or I think anger. Dep- isn't it dabda? So it's... Depression, isn't it? Depression. I thought it was denial, like denial. Oh. As in, like it, you know, it didn't you know, happen. Isn't, isn't denial happen. the first one? Yeah, dab. Oh, dab. Duh. Yeah. Uh, then it oh, is. Must be depression is the yeah. second D. So, so I'm either depression or yeah. anger. So denial, <laughs> denial. <laughs> we're not in a great dab. So denial, anger, I've got bargaining. Some stages to go. Den- depression, depression, acceptance, acceptance. Yeah, I think we're all in different places. We all had a while to go before we hit this. Oh, I'm in full depression. Yeah, I'm either in depression. I might be in anger because my anger and depression tends to blend. Yeah. Very, very, yeah. I mean, like, like, what's the one where you just wish you could even go to a Target and wander around for twenty minutes? <laughs> like, what stage? I don't that? even know what to call that. Yeah, uh, like, uh, where, so where, where gonna get bored of JP Pond? No, exactly. There's nowhere else I can walk. Where else can I go? Is there a open? Yeah, it's open, but I've been there so many times too. It's just like it's so huge. There has to be a place you don't remember well. No, but I mean, it's still at the end of the day. Like I'm not walking go to anywhere. The, you gotta, you gotta before the car. Get Honestly, I've been taking daily house. walks just to keep from going insane. I mean, I think it's more just like I want to walk to somewhere. You know, it's like I don't want to just yeah. walk in a circle and then in a backyard. Well, you I want can to drive like, to Blue Hills and go take a hike up the mountain. I'm fucking go to Blue Hills. It's beautiful. It, Blue Hills are beautiful. Great Blue Hills, more like mediocre Blue Hills. I think they're wonderful. <laughs> they're not great Blue Hills anyway. You just put that on there. It's WGBH. Great Blue Hills. Oh. Anywho, wow, big, big blue. There's great, smaller no, one. No. GBH, great oh. blue hill. As you can tell, we're all very wound up. See you in two weeks, mini episode. Bye. 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 Good episode, guys.